While Homeschooling Podcast. Our mission is to help homeschooling parents make money, maybe even have a career, while continuing to homeschool and without losing their sanity. My name is Julie. I am your host and the resident career coach for WorkingWhileHomeschooling.com. I want to thank you all for joining us here for Season 4. In today's episode, I'm sharing with you an excerpt from my LinkedIn series, the part one course entitled LinkedIn on Steroids, Maximizing Your Profile and Getting Real Results. You'll find the link in my show notes and it is available to you for just $65. But first, a brief announcement. Do you think applying for jobs is like spinning in the wind and hoping something sticks? Do you read articles that discuss job search strategy and wonder what in the world are they talking about? If you're looking for that magic bullet that dramatically cuts the amount of time in your job search, then you need an effective job search strategy plan. Learn the difference between a passive job search plan and a proactive job search campaign. Studies show this approach can get you from your couch to your new office in much less time. So stop sitting back and waiting for jobs to come to you. Instead, proactively pursue these new opportunities. Check out my course, Creating a Job Search Strategy, for help in creating your own strategy plan that not only works, but works quickly. Let's go into a little bit of stats with LinkedIn. And I do love my stats here. So, because remember, I am the you know, resident LinkedIn geek, right? So there are now over 500 million users in over 200 countries and territories around the globe in LinkedIn with over 97 million monthly active members worldwide and 105 million unique visiting members per month. That's a lot of activity. Now, 40% of LinkedIn users are here in the U.S., and someone joins LinkedIn every two seconds. One out of every three professionals on the globe are using LinkedIn. So all of that is to go to say that if you're looking to make connections, if you're looking to build your network, LinkedIn is the place to be. Now, speaking of building your career, 94% of recruiters who use any sort of social media at all are on LinkedIn. By overwhelming majority, uh, these recruiters say that they're using LinkedIn to search for candidates at 96%, contact the candidates at 92%, uh, at 94%, excuse me, keep tabs on potential candidates at 93%, vetting them before they interview them at 92% and posting jobs at 91%. And did you notice almost all of that is happening before they contact you? All of that is going on before they ever reach out to you. So LinkedIn and social media in general are very slowly replacing the old quote unquote traditional methods that we used to use to look for talent. Now, being active in LinkedIn really does matter. Now, recently hired executives in a study, and that would be members of LinkedIn with the titles of vice president or partner or hire, 
know the value of building and nurturing professional relationships in order to be successful in their job search. So in this three-month study, 80% were sending connection requests, 50% were um, participating in groups, and 40% were engaging in LinkedIn via shares, likes, and comments. Approximately 83% of all hired were using LinkedIn in the three months prior to their job change. Now to take that even one step further, 65% were sending connection requests and 45% were endorsing their connections. So the power of LinkedIn is in how it empowers you to meet the people that you need to meet in order to reach your own objectives. By doing so, you're going to be enhancing your own personal professional network over time. Or as I like to say, digging that well way before you get thirsty. So let's talk about how LinkedIn works. So LinkedIn was based on an old networking theory called a ripple in a pond effect. Okay, so if you're the rock that gets thrown in the pond, that first circle out are the people that you know. The next circle out are the people that those people know. And that third circle out are the people that those people know. And the networking theory goes that you're most effectively and successfully able to network within the top three levels of connections, so, which is exactly where LinkedIn gets that three levels of connections concept that they talk about so much in our networking. So what does that really mean? Well, if I'm a recruiter and I'm running a search and you are not in my top three levels of connections, you will not show up in my search results, no matter how amazing you are. So unlike Facebook or Twitter, where those numbers are a popularity contest, like, oh, look, I have 5,000 followers. Oh, look, I have, um, you know, 16 million friends. LinkedIn's numbers are literally a statistical measurement of your ability to reach out and touch someone, your ability to find and be found by others. And that's what makes LinkedIn so completely unique. So what does this mean for you as a job seeker? Well, if you're not in that recruiter's top three levels of connections, you will not be found. So you do need to build your network. Now, LinkedIn is irrefutably the best online catalyst for facilitating business connections. It takes what we used to call the six degrees of separation and has turned it into just three. Second and third level connections and your group network are now just as important as your first level contacts. And what you do once you're connected literally can make the difference um, in opening those new doors in your new career. There's another theory that I love to talk about when we're kind of talking about how LinkedIn works, and it's called the weak ties theory, the W-E-A-K weak ties theory. It is not going to be the people that are closest to you that are actually going to end up helping you find a job. It's going to be the people which with you have weak ties. These are the people that you haven't seen in days or weeks or months or even years. And the theory is that our primary inner network of friends and connections probably have the exact same influencers and connections that we do. And therefore, they see and hear the same information that we will. We will. But those who are outside of that initial, initial inner circle are going to be influenced by many other sources. And to even describe this more fully, 
it's not just the people with which you have weak ties, but they've even narrowed this down that it's going to be your past colleagues, the people that you have worked with professionally in the past that are going to be more specifically those weak tie connections that are most likely going to be where you find your next job. Now, as I mentioned to you earlier, the entire purpose of LinkedIn is to find and be found by others, bottom line. And so today, what we're going to be focusing on is maximizing your profile, which will help you be found by others. Um, it's really the primary tool to help us do that. This, you know, once this is all completed, this turns into more of the passive portion of LinkedIn, where you, it kind of is just more maintenance and um, people will find you through their search process and you're not really doing as much. The real fun stuff honestly comes later in our future webinars, but I have found, frankly, that you have to do this step to get the real results out of the future steps. So that's why we're focusing on the profile first today. Now, why in the world does this even matter? Am I just trying to give you busy work and homework? No. Statistically, users with a completed profile are 40 times more likely to receive future job opportunities. So getting your profile viewed is the absolute name of the game. Now, with over 25 million LinkedIn profiles being viewed every single day, and 105 million unique busy members per month and 60% of that usage on LinkedIn literally coming through a smartphone, you can tell that there is a lot of activity on LinkedIn and how in the world are you ever going to stand out? Well, you know what? You never get a second chance to make a great first impression. And even though this does seem like a lot of work and maybe seem like a very daunting task, we're just going to break this down into very individual, smaller pieces to make it much more easier to choose. Let's start off by talking about your picture. Remember, I know you probably have some version of a picture on LinkedIn. If you don't, you're probably getting this gray box with a little head in it. Um, and that is your sign. You absolutely need a profile picture on LinkedIn. Now remember, LinkedIn has over 500 million users worldwide, and one out of three uh, professionals on the planet are here on LinkedIn. So with over 25 million LinkedIn profiles being viewed every single day, how in the world are we going to make your profile stand out from the crowd? Now, one way we're going to be doing that is by having your picture right here on LinkedIn and having not just a picture, but a great picture. So users with complete profiles, again, 40 times more likely to receive opportunities. And a profile with a picture is 14 to 21 times, depending on which study you're looking at, more likely to be clicked on than one without a picture. And let's face it, if they're not clicking on your profile and reading what you have there, nothing else you do really matters. Let's talk about three more reasons to make this a little bit more personal for you. A photograph is going to humanize your profile. It's going to make you appear much more approachable. No longer are we going to be looking at a really dry computer screen of just plain boring text. Now, when you reach out to be interviewed, 
to, to that interviewer for the very first time. And they're going to recognize you when you're walking in the door for the first time in person because they've seen your photo. And when you're reaching out to those people that you already know, but you haven't seen in a while, and you're trying to build your network, they're going to feel much more comfortable accepting that invitation because they're going to recognize you because they see your face. Uh, they're much more likely to actually accept your connection request. Now let's talk about what makes a good picture. Now we used to have the box and I wanted to show you over here on the right that we now have a circle. So you'll notice that it's cutting off a lot of the background. You really have to do that kind of headshot profile photo now. We can't do a lot of more the more artistic or more creative profile shots that we used to be able to do when it was a big box. You want to make sure the picture that you upload is a very clear and crisp picture. You want to use a very simple background like you're seeing here. Okay, Avoid anything too busy. Um, setting up against a solid colored background is best because we don't want anything to distract from your face. Again, that passport shot is best based on the new circle format because if you don't, frankly, you have the, you have the um, danger of cutting off your face. Now, I'm not saying that you necessarily need to go pay for a professional photo headshot here for LinkedIn. You definitely can, but if you don't want to have a friend who's really good at taking pictures with a really good smartphone camera or just a regular camera, take your picture. Then from there, you can upload it directly into LinkedIn. And as you saw, LinkedIn does have some basic photo editing software that will allow you to zoom in and that sort of thing to make a good picture. Your picture must be current and up to date within the past few years. And it must reflect how you look on a daily basis. And I, by that, I mean exactly what you're going to look like when you walk in the door. Your hair, your makeup, you know, hairstyles. Guys, if you've grown a beard, that means you have to upload, upload your picture and vice versa. If you shave the beard, make sure you look like what you're going to walk in the door like. Here are some things that you do need to watch out for when we are talking about uploading your pictures. You definitely don't want too close because, again, that cuts off your face and that's not very good. Um, no wearing sunglasses or, you know, hats or things like that. You're not going to walk in an interview like that. You also don't want to be too far away. And again, we used to be able to get away with the full body shots. I know I used to have one. Can't really do that anymore. Because if you notice in these pictures here, you can't even see their face. I have no ability to see their eyes. And frankly, making eye contact is a major psychological thing when we're talking about body language and communicate, you know, nonverbal communication. So they have to be able to see your eyeballs. Okay, that's why you want to zoom in. You want to watch it holding your face at weird angles. All right, so you're seeing a couple examples I literally pulled off on LinkedIn today um, to do this webinar. You know, just tilting your head weird in that first one, you notice you're getting a weird glare, but also it's kind of making this look, face look weird when you zoom in or you're cutting off the face. Um, again, this isn't the, the casual shot of you being in Facebook and you've taken a picture in your car. So cut all of those out. There should absolutely, please no pets in your pictures. Nothing, no pictures that you're going to be putting on Instagram. No family members in your shot. And for example, I had someone Facebook me just yesterday that was sharing a LinkedIn account with their spouse. This isn't Facebook. This is professional networking. You're not networking as someone's spouse. So you do not share LinkedIn profiles with your spouse. It's just not done. 
Okay, so don't do that. Also, watch the bad lighting. So honestly, this picture here on the bottom right, this could have been a really perfect shot, except she's got this really weird glare going over her face. And again, that prevents me from seeing her eyes. So you do need to kind of keep an eye on that when you're getting your picture taken. Thanks for listening in to today's episode. Make sure you join us in our Facebook group for continued discussion on today's topic and more. You will also find all the ways you can reach me online, including the link to our website, workingwhilehomeschooling.com, in our show notes. Wondering how you can join in on our mission? Consider becoming a listener supporter with a small monthly donation through the link in the show notes. Subscribing to our podcast, your positive online reviews, sharing with your friends are all greatly appreciated as well. And I am always looking for new podcasts guests to interview. If this sounds like you, email me at julie at workingwhilehomeschooling.com. That's a wrap for today, but be sure to check out our next episode for Working While Homeschooling.